For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Oranga. Hello, and welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, A Conversation of Hope. For Tuesday, January 28th, I'm your host, Terry Aranga, here with my guest, Wendy Fournier, President of the National Autism Association. We're talking today on the topic of autism and safety, a topic that the National Autism Association has been very involved and helpful with. Welcome, Wendy. Thank you, Terry. It's good to talk to you. Wendy, please share with our listeners the need for today's discussion. Why are we here? We're here because we have um, a very significant number of individuals affected by autism who uh, engage in wandering or elopement behaviors that um, present uh, extremely dangerous situations. And we've had many deaths in our community that um, we feel could possibly have been prevented with uh, the the help of education and awareness and training and and resources for families. So this is an issue that's really important to us and one that we've been working on for several years now. Um, Myself and and Lori McElwain, our executive director, um, both have children who uh, have wandered in the past. And, you know, so we know firsthand what that experience is like and uh, what a struggle it is uh, to deal with, uh, you know, these types of safety issues that can be extremely unpredictable and um, incredibly frightening. And, of course, um, most recently there's been uh, the case of Avanti Okendo in uh, New York City, um, which, of course, came to a tragic end last week. And, uh, you know, so... This issue has gotten a lot, a lot more media attention recently because of Avante's case, um, and I think it's a good opportunity to uh, remind everybody about the resources that are out there that can be put into place right now for us to try to help to keep our loved ones safe. Well, Wendy, the two of us have been here together on the radio before. What's gone on since then in terms of orders of magnitude and need um, and technology to meet this? You've 
mention the tragedy that happened with Avanti and um, tell us about all the different things that have been going on. Well, since the last time we talked, Terry, um, we've made some efforts to get the Department of Education involved. Um, NAA drafted a letter to Arnie Duncan, the Secretary of the Department of Education, and um, many different autism organizations signed on in support of this letter, basically asking the Department of Ed to, you know, look at this issue seriously and start developing some resources, some guidelines, some protocols um, that schools should be required to, uh, to follow so that um, we know when our kids are at school, um, you know, they're going to be coming home to us later that day. So the school issue is something that, um, you know, has been addressed. As far as technology, we haven't seen a whole lot of movement um, in the technology department. There are, uh, you know, more and more types of personal tracking devices that are coming onto the retail market. Um, but unfortunately, they're very uh, inconsistent. There's no regulations on marketing these devices um, and the claims that they make. There's, you know, there's just um, there's no oversight on that. And you know, we feel really strongly that if you're going to choose to use a tracking device, um, which in many cases is, you know, could absolutely save your child's life you want to do a lot of research before you decide which one you're going to use because there are so many different types and um, and uh, they you need to take it seriously as if it were a medical device because li- literally your child's life can depend on it. So tell, tell parents if, you, if you're going to go that route, the route of technology, then make sure that you do some research on your child's individual needs and, you know, does it, is it waterproof, for example? Does it have to be taken off for bath? Does it? Do you have to charge it frequently? There are a lot of questions. And then, you know, once you choose something, uh, you know, field test it and practice and make sure that you are prepared for an actual incident because unless you have a program that's run by a first responder agency like the Project Lifesaver program or the LoJack Safety Net program, then you you really are on your own as far as locating your child with a tracking device. And this really should be, um, you know, sort of the last resort. We we want to focus more on preventing the incidents from happening in the first place. You know, we feel like that's, that's where we keep coming back to is how can we learn to protect our loved ones from this type of behavior and, you know, teach them the skills that they need. Absolutely. Well, you've you've mentioned the need to um, that the prevention is most important, of course, um, and mm-hmm. teaching the child skills and making sure that caregivers who are watching the children, such as in a school situation, are equipped to keep them safe. So prevention is key. And But after that point, how do parents find reliable safety measures and technology? Well, when you say 
technology, Terry, are you referring strictly to tracking devices? I'm leaving that open-ended for you. Okay. Um, I, I think that, okay, I, I want to really stress that prevention, as far as wandering and elopement behaviors go, has to be a multi-layered approach. So there's not going to be one thing that you're going to do that's going to help protect your child, but there's going to be multiple things that you're going to do. So um, you want to, first of all, secure your home. Start at home. So you want to put security measures into home. So technology, as far as that goes, may involve an alarm system in your home to notify you, you know, if a window is opened or a door is opened. If you can't, uh, like a lot of us cannot afford an alarm system, even simple door chimes can be enough. Just something that will alert you if your child were to go to try to go out through a window or a door. Um, Obviously, no one can have their eyes on someone else 24 hours a day. Um, it's, it's just not possible. So you want to put things in the home that are going to um, alert you. Also, you want to um, try to prevent those behaviors with your child. So you want to put rules into place and practice these things. And, um, you know, suggestions would be to put a stop sign on, on the doors and that, you know, you go through this routine of, you know, we stop when we see the stop sign. We cannot go out the door without mom or dad. And try to get into a routine of um, those types of things to keep your child from going out on their own. Uh, one of the really important parts of prevention is trying to figure out why the child is bolting or eloping or wandering in the first place. And this this is really probably the most important thing is, you know, a lot of times we we don't know why our child bolts. So we want to document incidents that happen and see if we can find a trend. And it may be, you know, just something that we haven't thought of as parents. And if we analyze, um, you know, the environment and what's going on at the moment when the child feels that need to escape, we can find trends. And it may be sound sensitivities, it may be a certain sound, it may be, you know, the dog barking next door, it may be uh, a sibling making a particular sound, Uh, you know, it could be something on television, I mean, just looking at the environment, trying to figure out what is that trigger, is it anxiety, Um, is it uh, something that's making, causing sort of this fight or flight reflex to happen in the kids? And once you figure out what that trigger is, then it's a lot easier to prevent those types of situations from coming up and to diffuse those and try to control the environment so that that anxiety doesn't happen. And, um, you know, and then you're preventing the incident from the first place. Also, um, you know, NAA has created our Big Red Safety Toolkit, our Big Red Safety Boxes, and if our listeners um, want to go online, we have this toolkit that has um, an incredible amount of resources and information on how to protect our kids and, you know, prevention measures to put in place. One of the best parts of the toolkit, and by the way, available at aware.org, it's A-W-A-A-R-E.org, um, and we have a checklist there. So you can go through and 
Um, examples are I've secured my home. I've looked into tracking devices. I've spoken to my neighbors to let them know, you know, that, hey, if you see my child alone in the neighborhood, please stop them and bring them home. Um, trusted neighbors, of course. Um, I have an ID on my child uh, in case they are nonverbal and they do get lost. You know, they're, they have something wearable so that somebody could contact you. So we do have a whole a whole um, list of recommendations that people can use that, that will be helpful. But it's really, in our minds, it's, it's more about prevention um, than uh, necessarily, you know, technology tracking. You know, I have a tracking wristband on my daughter, a Project Lifesaver uh, wristband on her. It's been on her for about four years now. And thank God we've never had to use it. And I'm glad that we have it on her. Um but I don't ever want to have to use it. I want that should always be thought of as a last resort. That is not um, that is not the answer. There is no one answer. Very good, very good approach. We will be right back with Wendy Fournier of the National Autism Association when we come back here at Voice America. Thank you to this program sponsor, Scientific Learning's Brain Pro Autism and their Fast Forward Technology. Please click the banner on my host page to learn more about them. We'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We are back with Wendy Fournier, president of the National Autism Association, an organization that's been working on the topic of autism and safety for a really long time. And in the first segment, Wendy, you were emphasizing how the key is prevention insofar as not giving opportunity for a wandering or elopement incident to take place in the first place, that any type of um, 
tracking device is secondary and that while uh, a high-quality system is a good idea, that's not the first, um, that's not the top priority. The top priority is prevention, and you hope you don't get to the point where you need to be looking to the traffic tracking device. So mm-hmm, talking, right. talking about the situation um, where the first line is prevention, and we know that the occurrence with Avante happened because of elopement from school. How can schools increase safety? Well, the schools, first of all, I think a lot of schools are not even aware of this, of how frequent and how common this behavior is with children with autism. So in the study that was published in um, the journal Pediatrics, um, it was a study that we had helped to design, um, the figure that came back uh, was 49% of uh the kids, and they were up to the age of 17 that were reported, but 49% of kids with autism, their parents reported, um, did have wandering or elopement behaviors. So almost half of our kids do engage in these types of behaviors. And I think that the school districts, many of them um, are probably not even aware of this behavior being so common and the need to put some sort of security into place for these kids and to address it. So that's why we had reached out uh, to the Department of Education because we really need, on a big scale, we need every school district in the country to understand that this is a common behavior with kids with autism and they need to be prepared for it. So specifically, we're asking that the schools be educated on the behavior itself and um, how common it is with our kids and that they ensure that there are appropriate levels of adult supervision in place for these kids who have a tendency to wander or elope, and um, to help to identify the underlying reasons for wandering behaviors or bolting from schools. So, again, you know, they might want to do a behavioral assessment. They, um, you know, they need to, just like a parent would, try to figure out what's causing, what's the trigger here, um, and and then try to decrease the um, likelihood that that would happen in the school setting. They also need to, to uh, properly train uh, people in the school to be on the lookout for this type of a situation. And kids who are at risk, like, for example, my daughter, I um, in her IEP, there is an attachment that discusses specifically her um, tendency to bolt and wander, that she needs one-to-one adult supervision at all times, and that this a copy of this letter is posted um, in multiple places in the school and that all of the school personnel has her picture and has read this letter saying, you know, if you see Allie by herself, walking through the school, headed toward the door, um, you know, any kind of situation like that, you need to stop her. So it's really about just, you know, really good communication. But I made that part of Allie's IEP um, because there were other issues that I felt needed to be addressed, and I think that schools need to do this as well. So I went into the school. 
I looked at the environment that she was in every day, and I saw things that I felt were risk factors for her. And I made requests. Can we put a gate, you know, in that doorway? You know, there's fire codes. There's all kinds of things that you have to overcome, but there are ways that you can do that. So can we gate this? Can we block this off? Can we put stop signs here? Can we put um, a battery-operated chime on this door? Can we ensure that, um, you know, she has one-to-one adult supervision at all times? You know, always within uh, the vision of an adult, always somebody within arm's length, that kind of thing. And um, also that she had a tracking device. And one of the most important things, as we saw in Avante's case, um, according to the media reports, is uh, immediate notification should my child go missing, the school is to immediately notify our local first responders and immediately notify me as her parent. And we've had so many reports of situations like Avante's in the past, including, uh, you know, Lori McElwain, our executive director here at NAA, where her son eloped from a school setting multiple times. And the incident was not reported for an extended period of time. So, you know, you can have cases where a child would be out of the school and off school property for 45 minutes or an hour and no one is notified. The police aren't notified. The parents aren't notified. And that's 45 minutes of extremely dangerous time. Wow. The reason why we focus so much on preventing incidents from happening is because even if you have a tracking device on your child, the deaths that we see in this community happen so fast where, you know, 91% of the deaths are drownings. Uh, our kids are very attracted to water, um, and, and we know this. And so the kids who die are typically the kids who are seeking a, a, a nearby water source and they are, they die before, you know, a team could even be initiated to begin searching for them. That's what happens most of the time with the deaths that we see from wandering. So we've been tracking cases since the fall of 2011 and we've documented over 350 incidents during that time. And 43 deaths, and that's, um, you know, that's just over two years where we've had 43 deaths related to wandering. So, um, you know, prevention is so very important because in so many of these cases, these kids did die very, very quickly. You know, people are sometimes, you know, you hear a lot in the community, there's a lot of call for why don't we have an Amber Alert, uh, you know, for kids who have autism? Why don't our kids qualify for an Amber Alert? Um, you know, why can't we have tracking devices put on every child? And Senator Schumer in New York is actually proposing legislation, and we, we can talk about that as well. These are things that people want to hear, um, and these are things that will be helpful to a certain extent, but... Not necessarily the answers that are going to lead to preventing these really tragic deaths 
from happening. So we, we're kind of hearing a lot of what, what we want, what people want to hear, but not what we actually need for the community. That's a good point because uh, there's the drowning, which can happen very quickly. Um, you know, even if it's the neighbor's swimming pool, which right. should always be should always be uh, cordoned off, and um, and or or nearby lake. There's also children getting hit in traffic, dying right. or grievous injury. Um, so yes, prevention is is key. That's the first and, thing, and not delaying. So in the case of you know, especially the school cases, the schools, you can understand, uh, you know, they may be hesitant to report a wandering incident. That doesn't look very good. And, um, you know, they can get in some trouble for that. Uh, so, you know, they, they may hesitate to tell anybody what happened and think they're going to go find the child on their own. Well, the problem with that is, you know, our kids die very often really, really soon, within a matter of minutes from the wandering incident, you know, happening. So we can't wait. And that's why we feel like we really need to have guidelines in place that schools are going to be required to immediately notify the authorities and immediately notify the parents. And then when it comes to the search aspect and, you know, if you know, a child does go missing, you know, we have to train everybody, first responders and, and caretakers, staff, everybody, that they have to look in the areas that pose the highest threat first. So we've been saying for years, search water first, search water first. That is, you know, the majority of the deaths that we see due to wandering are because of drowning. You know, but as you mentioned, traffic accidents, that happens too. Kids, you know, these kids um, don't have a sense of danger. They don't get that, you know, they could be hit by a car if they run into the street. And we have seen a lot of traffic-related injuries and deaths due to wandering. So even if, uh, you know, let's say a child wanders from school and the staff thinks, oh, that child doesn't like water. They don't, you know, they don't even like to, you know, wash their hands. They don't like to get splashed or wet or something like They don't like water. You know what? It doesn't matter. Search water first. Or, you know, search the places that pose the highest threat to the child's safety because, um, you know, you've got to rule that out quickly. If they, you know, wander into the woods, um, their chances, as long as there's no water there, are a lot better that they're going to survive for a while. Like Robbie Wood, he was a case in, in Virginia. He made it for six days lost in the woods. Um, somehow he survived. But had he, you know, ran into a busy highway or, you know, gone into a pond, he more likely wouldn't have been here. So we need to teach people, search those high-risk areas first, especially water. Well, when they your advice about doing a school inspection mm-hmm. and looking for potential areas of risk, parents or experts on their own children... And oftentimes when people um, at a job are immersed in their own situation, they may not be looking at that situation with fresh eyes. So um, for 
a parent to go into the school situation and look with fresh eyes and also their expert knowledge of their children uh, to see what pitfalls, um, landmines there might be. Um, you know, I like your advice on the parent working with the school to alleviate those risks, and also that will make it safer for all of the children. Absolutely. And, and, and really, you know, and get it into your child's IEP as well, you know, what, you, what the risks are and how they should be uh, how they should be handled, what types of prevention methods should be put into place. And, and again, you know, the notification, immediate notification of parents, which I, you know, find every time I hear about a story like that where a child goes missing um, and nobody's notified for an extended period of time, it's just absolutely mind-blowing, you know, that these kids are, are out literally on their own with no safety or survival survival skills, and, you know, we're going to keep this quiet and try to find them ourselves. It's just, uh, it's criminal. It should not be allowed to happen, especially in our schools. Right. Well, we're going to be right back with Wendy Fournier of the National Autism Association here at Voice America. Please do visit our sponsor's website, www.brainprolearning.com, or give them a call at 855-308- one three six two. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Every weekend, take some time out of your schedule for New Reflections, featuring Dr. Adam Rubenstein. It's a show about all things aesthetic, from skin care to plastic surgery, health and beauty. You'll learn about the aesthetic products and procedures to embrace or avoid. Each show will feature live, virtual, interactive consultations that you'll be able to follow along with and featured guests from the world of beauty and aesthetics. Listen Saturdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, for New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Wendy Fournier of the National Autism Association. And 
I think one of the most touching things we've seen, um, somebody posted on Facebook a picture of a first responder who had Avante's picture on his belt. And um, so there was an enormous outpouring of caring for Avante and his family in New York and all over. And um, Wendy, what are first responders doing with regard to safety and how do we team up with them to keep kids safe? Sorry, I that's gonna make me cry. Um I'm sorry. I'm I'm just so so sad still about Avante and my heart is just broken for his family because I know what it's like you know, to have your child missing even if it's for thirty seconds. It is it is absolutely horrifying, terrifying. There's not a worse feeling in the world, and I just cannot imagine going to bed every night for almost four months and not knowing where your child is. So um, I'm really sorry. Sorry. Um, oh, Wendy. It's just so tragic. I don't, I don't want to see this happen again, and... You know, so so let's talk about first responders because we can we can do something. You know, as parents and as members of the community, you know, we, we can on even just a small grassroots level, we can make a real difference. And it comes down to, um, you know, again, training and education and awareness of the issue. So, you know, here's. I'll I'll give the listeners, you know, parents, caregivers, um, hopefully some first responders listening as well. Um, There's something very simple you can do. Go to aware.org, A-W-A-A-R-E.org. And this is the website that we set up with all of the materials and resources that we have developed over the last few years of working on this issue. Everything is free and... um, you can go there and download uh, the first responder toolkit that we created. So there's information in there that you can provide to your local police and fire departments, sheriff's departments, any type of search and rescue uh, personnel in your local community. Give them the toolkit and ask them to read it and to learn about autism and wandering behaviors. And while you're there, give them a form there's a form in the toolkit as well um, that you can fill out on your own child and you can let them know about your child's tendencies so that if your child does go missing, they will have already some familiarity with who, you know, who your child is, where they're most likely to go, um, that kind of thing. But, you know, educate our first responders by providing them this information, making them aware of the issue, talking to them about, um, you know, the behaviors, and how best to search for kids with autism. There are a lot of challenges involved for search and rescue personnel. Um, It's not like a typical search because especially with a kid who is nonverbal, 
if you're calling their name, they're not going to respond to you in a lot of, you know, in a lot of cases, the nonverbal cases. They're, they may not just come walking out, you know, and here I am. Um, they're not, they just tend to not respond. So um, we worked with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, and they developed a document that has gone out uh, nationwide, and it's available to any police department in the country. It also was published in FBI magazine, and it's basically search and rescue guidelines for um, kids who have autism or developmental disabilities. And um, this, again, is included in the toolkit that we have for, for first responders. Give that to them so that they can understand the challenges involved. And hopefully, if a child does go missing in your community, they will be able to quickly and effectively locate the child. Uh, it'll teach them not only how to locate them, but also how to um, handle the child or adult. And, and, you know, sometimes we do have cases of adults with autism. How to, how to um, basically interact with people with autism, you know, to not overwhelm them, um, not, you know, not restrain them unless, you know, there's some sort of immediate physical danger, that kind of thing. So we, we can help to teach our first responders and we can ask them, um, you know, to have safety days in the community, sort of a meet and greet uh, where families can come in with their uh, loved ones with disabilities and uh, provide information about their loved ones and a, and a photo and description and kind of get to know the first responders. Um, also, number one request that I would make of first responders is, first of all, ask them if they already have a reverse 911 system in place. And if they do not, ask them to get one, like a child is missing. Um, that is a free program available to any police department in the country. But you know, the subject of Amber Alert comes up a lot. And um, we have to remember that Amber, you know, Amber Alerts, there are certain criteria that has to be met. First of all, typically there has to be a vehicle involved and there has to be an abduction involved. And that's not the case with our kids. The other thing is that our kids don't go very far, usually. They, are in, they remain in a small area. And it can take up to hours for an Amber Alert to be issued, and that's time that our kids don't have. But a reverse 911 system is something that can be implemented in a matter of minutes, and it will call every single phone in the immediate vicinity of where your child went missing, and everyone in that area will know that this child is out there. Please go out into your street, into your neighborhood, look in your backyard, help us find this child. That alone, in our opinion, is even more effective than an Amber Alert because it gets people out there super fast and a lot of people. So ask your first responders, do they have a reverse 911 system? And if they do not, ask them to get one. That is good information to know, Wendy. Um, the National Autism Association, and I might add that the National Autism Association has been the autism advocacy organization that's been the leader in the topic of autism and safety. There is no other autism advocacy organization that has done as much and as importantly and as sincerely 
as the National Autism Association. And one of the things that the National Autism Association did was help with the code for wandering. Can you tell us about that? The medical code? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, we uh, had done a presentation um, at NIH. We were down in D.C. for an interagency autism coordinating committee meeting. And this was back in 2010 and made uh, a presentation with several different recommendations, and one of them was that um, we felt that wandering and elopement behaviors should be diagnosed as a medical condition. And uh, the reason for that was because we uh, are hoping, and we're starting to see this now, um, that tracking devices, when necessary, can be covered by medical insurance providers as a medically necessary device. So if you have a diagnosis code from your physician and then you need a medical device, typically your insurance will cover it. So this is just starting to happen. And for those um, families who do need to have a tracking device and, you know, that's their choice to have it, uh, you know, a lot of families just can't afford it because for many of the programs there are monthly fees involved and they can be expensive. So... Um, you know, obviously health insurance coverage is really important. So we had mentioned that as, as one of the things that we needed, and there was a representative from the CDC there that day who um, actually brought that back in, into CDC, and, uh, and they did make that happen. So there is a code now, a medical code for wandering, and um, that information is also in our Big Red Safety Toolkit at aware.org, and the diagnosis code itself is there. You can ask your physician um, to evaluate your child, and if it's appropriate, to assign that to their medical record, and uh, it may be helpful. Um, well, it's also, I just want to make it clear also, just because there, there was some debate um, a while back about that, that this is not um, autism-specific. It's a diagnosis code on wandering. It, it does not mention autism. It is strictly relating to elopement behaviors. Okay. Well, I want to emphasize to listeners that that website address is www.aware with two A's, A-W-A-A-R-E, aware.org. And you can go to the National Autism Association website at www.nationalautismassociation.org or even nationalautism.org and click on the the Autism and Safety tab and click on the Big Red Safety box. Um, Even when families go on vacation and they go to a hotel, they can um, find uh, helpful uh, items in the big red safety box kit, right, Wendy, like um, the door alarms and things like that? Yeah, door alarms and ID tags. Um, You know, there are a lot of things, a lot of recommendations that we have, um, especially for traveling, that can be really challenging. Um, But there are special door locks that you can get and bring with you if you're traveling to a hotel or even, you know, an alarm. You know, if you don't, this stuff you can do, even if you don't have money to spend on things like that, you can do simple things like, um, you know, go to the, I don't know if you guys have Christmas tree shops where you are, but, 
you know, something like that where they have the little jingle bell things that you put on your doorknob during the holidays, you know, just anything that will alert you. Um, you know, simple, simple things can, can come into play. I also wanted to let everybody know that, um, our big red safety boxes, uh, this is actually a, an actual box that is full of resources and it contains a, a spiral bound printed version of our big red safety toolkit that I've been talking about with all the resources in it, along with door alarms and, um, shoe ID tag from road ID and, um, a lot of different um, resources like stop signs, adhesive stop signs that you can put up in strategic locations and a sample IEP letter. It's, you know, endless. There's a lot of resources in there. Um, but so far we've given out 7,500 big red safety boxes um, throughout the country. And I'm really happy to... Uh, to um, let you know first that we are going to be doing another round of Big Red Safety Boxes. We're expecting to launch on Valentine's Day, and we will have another 2,500 boxes to give out. And these materials are, you know, through our safety program. Um, They are free to families, and, um, you know, those will be available soon. So if, you know... Starting February 14th, you'll be able to submit a request for a free box for your child. Well, Wendy, there's no better sign of love than you're keeping somebody's child safe. So that's a very fitting holiday to have these big red safety boxes available. And um, again, visit www.nationalautismassociation.org. And click on the Autism and Safety tab, Big Red Safety Box. You might want to consider a donation to the National Autism Association to help bring Big Red Safety Boxes to some other families and protect their loved ones. We'll be right back here at the the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please visit our sponsor, Scientific Learning's Brain Pro Autism and their fast-forward technology, brainprolearning.com. We'll be right back. Listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. It's a beautiful day. Do you look your best? Do you feel your best? While everybody ages, why does it seem to show more in some people than others? It could have to do with what's inside and how it affects you outside. Tune in to Health and Beauty for Life with Dr. Tang and Alexandra. Their training in medicine and nutrition brings proven results with their patients, and now they're ready to bring that knowledge to you. We'll answer your questions and explore innovations in technology and medicine to keep you looking and feeling your best. Tune in Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus drug discount card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies, but 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Everyone is eligible for RX Savings Plus. There's no age or income restrictions and no paperwork. Simply print a card and start saving on your prescriptions. Start saving today. Enroll and print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word talk radio to 96 Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We are back with Wendy Fournier, the president of the National Autism Association. And Wendy, I know that the National Autism Association has been doing research for years on this issue, and we read about something in the news now called Avante's Law, and um, I know that the National Autism Association has uh, offered um, information from your years of sincere research. Can you tell us about this? Sure. Um, We were contacted... um a few weeks ago by Senator Schumer's office, um, and um, he is a uh, federal senator. Um, he's in New York. Um, so his office contacted us. They wanted some information about uh, the wandering issue, specifically about tracking devices. So we um, provided them with, you know, what we've learned over the last few years, and there's um, similar legislation to what they have in mind already in place for the Alzheimer's community. So um, there's significant amount of funding available to protect seniors that have Alzheimer's and dementia with tracking devices, specifically the Project Lifesaver program. Um, we have to you know, keep in mind that Autism and um, Alzheimer's, while a lot of the symptoms are very similar, the behaviors are are very different when it comes to bolting and eloping. You know, people with Alzheimer's may get in their car and and drive off and get lost. Our kids are not going to be driving typically. Um, And also people uh, with Alzheimer's are um, not spread out like kids with autism. You know, they may be living in an assisted living home, whereas our kids are living in their you know, family homes typically or going to school all day, so they're in different places. So there's a lot of differences. Um, But we let them know about the legislation that the Alzheimer's community has and how, you know, we hope that the Department of Justice would be able to provide similar funding for the to protect, you know, people with autism the same way that they protect people with Alzheimer's. Um, So they... um, it looks like, and they haven't finished drafting that legislation yet. They have promised to send it to us when they're done. What it looks like is they're going to be focusing solely on uh, tracking devices. And, um, you know, it would be great if families could get covered on something like that. But as I said before, um, we need so much more. And we shared all of this with Senator Schumer's office. Um, but we need so much more for, to protect our kids. And uh, so we made recommendations for uh, educational tools, best practice guidelines and materials, um, emergency protocols, uh, community programs that would teach safety and survival skills for people with autism, you know, except swimming instructions, um, awareness at the school level, awareness at the clinician's level, safety days, uh, multilingual handouts about wandering and elopement behaviors, PSAs to educate the public on this, um, educate the first responders, obviously, and law enforcement. Um, even ER personnel in hospitals um, should be aware 
and educated on behaviors of people, you know, with autism. Um, and then, you know, grant money that can be used for, for these types of programs, so educational programs and materials and services and resources for families and training. There's just so much that goes into this, and it really does have to be, again, that multi-layered approach to safety because there is no one answer when it comes to wandering prevention and response. There just isn't. And the more things that we have in place for our, our kids or, you know, or even our grown, I still call them kids. I don't care if they're adults. They're still our kids. Um, you, you know, any, every single layer is one more layer of protection that's hopefully, you know, going to keep them safe as we move forward. So, we, you know, we are appreciative to Senator Schumer for coming to us, and, um, you know, we do hope that he's able to get some funding to help with this. Um, we're also hopeful that it's not going to be only about uh, tracking technology, but a comprehensive, multi-layer approach to keeping our kids safe. Yes. Wendy, are there any closing remarks you'd like to give, I, I want to thank you and the National Autism Association for the work that you do on this most vital topic. Thank you, Terry. I just, you know, just want to say, um, you know, there's, there's been a lot of heartbreaking cases that we have seen over the years since we started working on this. Um, and it, it, it has been a while. We've been, the first case we, that we were onto was a, a boy named Logan Mitchell Tree from Pennsylvania. And this was, um, I think back in 2007. Um, you know, so this has been on our radar for a long time. But NAA has put a lot of energy and, and resources. And we are, um, you know, a small organization with a very small budget. Um, but we have been able to do a lot with the limited amount of resources that we have. And I hope that we have been able to help families. And um, and I know that we've prevented wandering incidents. We have some great, you know, emails from people letting us know that what we've done has helped them. And I'm, I'm happy about that. So I, you know, I want to encourage people to, you know, support the Big Red Safety Box program if you can. You know, throw, throw a small donation at it if you can, if you're... You know, if you, if you have a business and you want to make a corporate sponsorship donation, that would be wonderful. I mean, whatever we can do to keep these kids safe. There's just been so many tragedies um, and, uh, and so many children that we've lost. And, um, you know, 43 in just the last two years, 43 children, 43 families have lost their children. And it's just... It's devastating. So, um, you know, this is a really serious issue, and I encourage everybody to take action. Um, you know, start in your own home by keeping your kids safe, and then take it out into the community. Bring a, you know, bring a toolkit to your local first responders. Encourage them to use reverse nine one one. Educate your school districts on your own, because you know, if we wait for the Department of Education to do it, or we wait for the Senate to pass legislation and then the Appropriations Committee to fund the legislation. We're going to be waiting a really long time. And I don't want to see any more families go through the hell 
that, you know, we've seen with, you know, Avante most recently, but so many other cases that we've seen over the last several years. Wendy, thank you very much for talking with us today. Thank you, Terry. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.